Hey y'all, welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and I've got a story for you. The Chair I was nervous about making a long drive through such a remote area, but it had to be done. I set out well before sunrise headed north down the wooded road. Creeping fog made it hard to see, and it was slow going for miles until it finally began to dissipate closer to the lake. As I neared the bridge, my eyes followed the edge of the fog to see the remains of an old shack. It was a strange sight, nearly swallowed up by the kudzu. A shiver went up my spine and I turned my eyes back to the road. Something moved in a blur across the road and it startled me. Was it a bird? I looked off in that direction, but the shape had already gone. What was that down by the bank? An old boat launch that clearly didn't see much use. The slope down to the water was overgrown with weeds, but there was something there. It looked so odd and out of place that I instinctively slowed the car for a better look. At the edge of the sand and the weeds facing out at the lake was an empty, old-fashioned, high-backed wheelchair. I was a little worried someone might have wheeled down for a look at the view and fallen in or something, so I pulled over and hurried toward the chair. When I saw it, I got very confused. It was badly rusted, like it had been sitting out here in the wet weather for decades, but I made the trip past here nearly every day, and this was the first time I'd seen it. I looked around, about to call out in case someone was nearby, but as I spun around, the chair was no longer there. Suddenly, I heard creaking wheels in the woods near the shoreline. It's just some animal, I said to myself, not realizing till then just how unusually quiet it was. The wetlands were supposed to be teeming with wildlife, birds, insects, and I, I shudder at the thought, snakes. Suddenly, the walk of a few yards back to the car looked like miles. Just calm down, I thought. Just your imagination. Get back to the car, put the radio on, and go. I took a few steps backward, wanting to turn, but also not wanting to take my eyes off the tree line. A cold sweat started running down the back of my neck. I turned again, about to hurry for the car, when I was startled by a loud slam. The car door, which I had left open, had slammed shut. It was just the wind, I told myself. I hadn't copped to the fact yet that I hadn't felt so much as a breeze since getting out of the car. I fumbled for my keys and eventually found the keyhole, but the key wouldn't turn. Why the hell wouldn't it turn? I swore and was about to try the passenger side when I heard something that sounded like a child giggling from the other side of the car. Hello? All I heard next was the sound of shifting gravel from the other side of the car, then suddenly part of a face appeared at the passenger side window. The lower half of the face was obscured, so all I could see were the eyes and the mess of black hair that looked like it had never seen a brush. The eyes stared at me through the car, the figure unmoving. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or girl. I think it was a boy, given the hair, and there was something eerie about them. I couldn't tell what through the panel of glass separating us, but there was just something off. The giggling started again. It was just a giggle, but the sound made the flesh all over my body goosebump. It felt like an army of insects just ran over me. 
I slowly, nervously started shifting to the front of the car, peering sideways to get a better look. The eyes remained locked on me. Hey, sweetie, what you doing out here alone? Are you okay? No reply. Are you lost? Before I moved around the front of the car to get a good look, the child started to slink in the same direction. I stopped dead. I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach as the air left my lungs and didn't return. The child came into view, straightened its back, and started moving around the car. It was a girl with short, messy hair, wearing what looked like a torn, dirty hospital gown. That was creepy itself, but once she came into full view, I realized her skin was a sickly, greenish color. She looked sickly thin, and her smile made my stomach lurch. I started stumbling slowly backwards, trying to keep my distance. Are you here to see me? Her lips barely moved, but the sound was like someone trying to open a rusty gate. She kept inching closer. I stumbled and tripped on a rock, and it knocked some sense into me. I turned to run when I felt a sharp pain in the side of my head. I'd backed too close to the shed and in my haste spun into the edge of the roof. A glancing blow, but Christ did it hurt. Then I remembered what was coming. Without looking back, I ran in the only direction I could, toward the woods. The sound of the shifting gravel and that god-awful giggle was overtaken by the pounding of my heart in my ears. God knows how long I ran for. I realized that the daylight was starting to dim, and I was further into the woods than I ever intended to go. After my legs gave out and some sense returned, I slowed to catch my breath and find my bearings. I listened for some sound. There was nothing. My ragged breath was the only company. No words, no car engines, not even the wind in the trees. Suddenly, it was all around me, more giggling. But not just from one child now. It sounded like a dozen. And just below that sound, a slow creaking sound. With the light dimming, I strained my eyes to try to see further between the trees. The act brought a sharp pain and I touched my head, feeling something cold and sticky. There was blood on my fingers, a cut, no doubt, from banging my head on the shed roof. But I couldn't worry about that now. I tried straining my eyes again to see exactly where the giggling was coming from. Then I saw the children, all with the same sickly thin bodies, sickly green skin, and creepy grins. Who are you? What do you want? Are you here to see me? The last word echoed creepily from each of the children. Would no, what is this? Who are you? You're here to stay too, then. It was not a question. The creaking got louder, and from between two children, I saw the wheelchair from the lake coming into view. I spun around to attempt to run, but everywhere I turned, I saw one of those children just standing there with that creepy smile. The creeping got closer. The strength went out of my legs and I dropped to the ground. I was getting dizzy from the gash on my head. The world started to spin. All I could see was that smile from everywhere and the wheelchair coming closer. I passed out. When I came to, night had truly drawn in. The moon was full, throwing the world into eerie green focus. 
I realized I was sitting in a chair at the side of the lake. The moon cast a sickly green glow across my bare, cold arms. The hospital schmock I was wearing felt damp and smelled of earth and decay. I heard the terrible laughter again, this time closer, much closer. I looked around frantically, trying to pinpoint the source of the laughter. I tried to brace myself for an incoming attack, but none came. The laughter trailed off, alternating between strangled chuckles and sobs. What could I say? Was it possible to reason with these things? I tested the strength of my bonds at the wrists and ankles, instantly regretting the pressure from the ragged wire digging into my skin. The water began to lap at the wheels of the chair, and then rose quickly to cover my feet. I began to notice another sound. This one was no doubt coming from the water. It sounded like a massive heartbeat, and it was coming closer. The water reached my knees. The heartbeat appeared to get louder. The water kept rising, but I hadn't moved. How is this possible? I could hear the children chanting, but couldn't see them. Here to stay. Here to stay. The words drilling through my head like someone scrawling on a blackboard. The water reached my chest, and I started to hyperventilate. I struggled at my bonds, the wire cutting deep into my wrists. I tried to take a deep breath. Then the water was flowing over my mouth, past my nose, and over my head. The heartbeat got louder, felt closer. My lungs burned, needing fresh air as soon as possible. I started to black out, and as the darkness crept over me, I suddenly saw it rushing toward me. A huge mouth with a grin like the children. A grin containing hundreds of razor-sharp teeth. Darkness swallowed me. And then what happened? The question startled me. My head felt fuzzy. I felt like something major just happened, but I couldn't quite remember what. S sorry? I asked, what happened next? The person in front of me was wearing a long white jacket. A doctor? The room was dark enough and I couldn't make out the face. I don't remember. What were we talking about? Everything was blurry in my head. I couldn't move my arms. I glanced down and could make out a straitjacket, and I felt soaking wet. Why was I wet? Perhaps we should continue this later. The man, doctor, rose from his seat and made toward the door. As it opened, it creaked loudly, as if rusted. Creaking. I could remember something creaking. What was it? Where am I? What's going on here? My vision swam. But I could just start making out the room. It was damp. Water running down the walls. The bed underneath me was bare, covered with mold. The frame damp and rusted. Wait, what's going on? Where am I? Who are you? The door of the room creaked loudly as it was pushed open. The man turned back. I gasped. Unable to make out the face, I could still see a grin full of razor-sharp teeth. We'll continue this conversation another time. 
No, wait! I screamed as the door was slammed and shut and locked. Outside the door, I could hear his footsteps fading and the eerie sound of many children laughing. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, The Chair. This story was a collaborative effort by several members of our Facebook group in a pass-the-story type of game. So it was written by Amanda Rachels, James O'Callaghan, Hazel O'Brien, and Amy Rachels. If you'd like to hear more Ain't No Such Thing, well, you need to subscribe. We're available at all the major podcasting platforms, and we have some exclusive content available only to Patreon subscribers. So check out Ain't No Such Thing at Patreon. Our links will be in the show notes. I'd also recommend that you join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash ain't no such thing. You'll be able to participate in story games like this and chat with a bunch of fellow horror lovers, take some polls, help us decide what legends that we'll cover in our deep dive editions of Ain't No Such Thing. They're a lot of fun. Y'all take care, and I'll be back with another one for you real soon.